Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 119. Holy Spirit, source of gladness, come with all thy radiance bright. Lift all burdens and all sadness. Over thy, o'er thy children, shed thy light. Hymn number 119. If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see the place to click for the Wednesday evening text. That's where you'll find the readings for tonight. The theme for tonight is the Holy Ghost, and the readings will now be given by Fairley from Maryland. The Bible, Luke. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. 
And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, they took he, uh, him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Acts. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Luke. Jesus said, when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in that same hour what ye ought to say. Matthew. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Romans. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. First Thessalonians. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, 
having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. John, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and Prose Works by Mary Baker Eddy. The illumination of Mary's spiritual sense put to silence material law and its order of generation and brought forth her child by the revelation of truth, demonstrating God as the father of men. The Holy Ghost or Divine Spirit overshadowed the pure sense of the Virgin Mother with the full recognition that being is spirit. The Christ dwelt forever, an idea in the bosom of God, the divine principle of the man Jesus. And woman perceived this spiritual idea, though at first faintly developed. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth, cleansing from all sin, giving mortals new motives, new purposes, new affections, all pointing upward. This mental condition settles into strength, freedom, deep-toned faith in God, and a marked loss of faith in evil, in human wisdom, human policies, ways, and means. It develops individual capacity, increases the intellectual activities, and so quickens moral sensibility that the great demands of spiritual sense are recognized, and they rebuke the material senses holding sway over human consciousness. Opposite to good is the universal claim of evil that seeks the proportions of good. There may be those who, having learned the power of the unspoken thought, use it to harm rather than to heal and who are using that power against Christian scientists. This giant sin is the sin against the Holy Ghost, spoken of in Matthew. The leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal is divine science, the comforter, the Holy Ghost that leadeth into all truth. The still small voice that breathes his presence and power, casting out error and healing the sick. This science of God and man is the Holy Ghost, which reveals and sustains the unbroken and eternal harmony of both God and the universe. It is the kingdom of heaven, the ever-present reign of harmony already with us. Hence the need that human consciousness should become divine in the coincidence of God and man, in contradistinction to the false consciousness of both good and evil, God and devil, of man separated from his maker. Jesus demonstrated Christ. 
He proved that Christ is the divine idea of God, the Holy Ghost or Comforter, revealing the divine principle, love, and leading into all truth. St. John writes in the 10th chapter of his book of Revelation, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. This angel or message which comes from God, clothed with a cloud, prefigures divine science. To mortal sense, science seems at first obscure, abstract, and dark, but a bright promise crowns its brow. When understood, it is truth's prism and praise. When you look it fairly in the face, you can heal by its means, and it has for you a light above the sun, for God is the light thereof. Its feet of pillars of fire, foundations of truth and love. It brings the baptism of the Holy Ghost, whose flames of truth were prophetically described by John the Baptist as consuming error. Christian science stills all distress over doubtful interpretations of the Bible. It lights the fires of the Holy Ghost and floods the world with the baptism of Jesus. It is this ethereal flame, this almost unconceived light of divine love that heaven husbands in the first commandment. In his final demonstration called the Ascension, which closed the earthly record of Jesus, he rose above the physical knowledge of his disciples, and the material senses saw him no more. His students then received the Holy Ghost. By this is meant that by all they had witnessed and suffered, they were roused to an enlarged understanding of divine science, even to the spiritual interpretation and discernment of Jesus' teachings and demonstrations, which gave them a faint conception of the life, which is God. The magnitude of Jesus' work, his material disappearance before their eyes, and his reappearance, all enabled the disciples to understand what Jesus had said. Heretofore, they had only believed. Now they understood. The advent of this understanding is what is meant by the descent of the Holy Ghost, that influx of divine science, which so illuminated the Pentecostal day and is now repeating its ancient history. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer.
Will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 229. O oh, love divine, whose constant beam shines on the eyes that will not see and waits to bless us while we dream, nor leaves us though we turn from him, nor bounds, nor climb, nor creed thou knowest. Wide is our need thy favors fall. The white wings of the Holy Ghost stoop unseen o'er the heads of all. Hymn number 229.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. At all our meetings and services, we read from the Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. We are very happy that people from all over the world have found our church and are participating in our services. And we are sincerely thankful for each and every one of you. Our website, plainfieldcs.com, has an extensive collection of the finest Christian science literature to read, study, and listen to. Actually, we have several websites in a number of different languages. This brings Mary Baker Eddy's revelation of Christian science to people all around the world who are truly in need of this healing truth. Everyone is welcome and encouraged to look through our websites. They are all free of charge. Our next Saturday morning Bible study will be in a couple of weeks on October 9th at 10 a.m. The Bible studies are always really interesting and you never know what's going to come up. We'll be having just one a month, so be sure not to miss it. The questions are already on the website, so check them out and be sure to join us on Saturday morning, October 9th at 10 a.m. On Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, we have our roundtable discussion. These are wonderful discussions that help us to broaden our understanding of Christian science and to better understand how to live this science in our daily lives. Again, you never know what's going to come up on those either, so be sure to uh, join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Then, right after the round table, our Sunday church service begins at 11. So be sure to tune in to both of these, the round table and the church service. Our Sunday school also meets every Sunday morning at 11. This Sunday school is open to children from anywhere. It has its own teleconference number. So if you have a child who doesn't live in the area and would like to attend, they can attend by telephone. Please call the church to get the phone number and we'll be very happy to welcome your children. And we also have a nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So when you come, be sure to bring the little ones along too. And tomorrow night, we will be having our meeting for members at 8 p.m. If you can't get here in person, you can call on the church's teleconference number to participate. And as usual, there will be no nine o'clock unity watch tomorrow night. Instead, join us at 10 o'clock for the only unity watch tomorrow. So meeting for members at eight and unity watch at 10, be there. I will now read from the church manual by Mary Baker Eddy 
This section entitled, Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place and I will call on each of you one at a time by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Kelly, Kelly from California, go ahead please. Hi. A few years back, my grandson was going through a bone marrow transplant. He had a cord constantly connected to him for a supply of medicine. Nurses came to the house every day, in and out, in and out, to give him his medicine. His parents took the Materia Medica route, and I chose to work with a Christian science practitioner. My grandson was only four months old. One morning while I was babysitting him and it was time for his nap, the still small voice of God told me to watch over him while he fell asleep. This was unusual because usually I would lay down with him and take a quick nap too. But I paid attention to those words, watch over him. I laid him down and sat up next to him and started singing to him like I usually do while holding his little hand. He started to fall asleep and I was as I was watching him, then suddenly... His body jerked and his eyes rolled to the back of his head. I picked up his little body and there appeared to be no life. His arms, legs, and head were dangling. But I held him up high into the air and shouted, You were born of spirit! He snapped out of it and showed signs of life again immediately. This brought joy to my heart. I then called my practitioner and next called 911 because I knew calling 911 was what his parents would want me to do. I remember back then I was reading Science and Health, seeking understanding to Jesus' words, you too can do the works that I do. The idea that we were born of spirit is in the book Science and Health in a lot of places, and when I came across it for the first time, I, I knew it was true with all my heart. And the words just came to me in that moment of holding my grandson high up into the air, just like the words, watch over him, came to me when needed. I went to the hospital with my grandson in the ambulance that day. The medical procedures went round and round, round and round, but my grandson was fine. 
and we brought him home the very next day. Today he is a fine and healthy young man, a perfect reflection of God's man. And whenever I think of him, I remember that right where my grandson is, be it in the kitchen doing his homework, in his room playing video games, at his friend's house, at school, during his sleep at night, right where my grandson is, is God appearing. He is God appearing. A few years later, I embroidered, you were born of spirit on a crisp, new, white baby diaper, and it is hanging in a frame in my home. Every time I look at it, I'm reminded of the glory of God. Thank you. Bruce. I'd like to express my thanks for Christian Science. It's done so much good for me. In Science and Health, Mrs. Eddy writes in one statement here, all of God's creatures moving in the harmony of science are harmless, useful, and indestructible. As far as back I can remember, I always had a hard desire to be useful. Somehow in my heart, I always knew that it was right, that I should be in a position where I can make a positive contribution uh, to whatever is going on, instead of just simply taking from what others were doing. And in fact, I was very uncomfortable on the taking side. However, to bring that into a practical aspect in my life was something that I had a great difficulty in doing. And that's where Christian Science came in, because at a time when I was a very low point in my life, God brought me to the Plainfield Church, and where I had some just really amazing, wonderful help from a practitioner here. One of the things that came about was uh, the opportunity for a job here in Plainfield open up for me. And this is when I couldn't find anything in the way of a job anywhere else, except there was just one waiting for me in Plainfield, and it was pretty much a sign from God saying, see, I do have a place for you here. Well, I was very grateful and the practitioner and I rejoiced together that this thing worked out so well. Well, I went to this job, very eager to do it, and it proved to be very challenging, and it went on for a while, and then later on, it got to be actually a bit difficult for me, primarily because of my immaturity at the time. I didn't recognize things as they were, and in my fear, I called up the practitioner and said, you know, I think I need to get out of this place. There was a very brief moment of silence. And then came this thundering voice in return to me and she says, you better be grateful that you have a job. And with that, I had nothing else to say except to say thank you, hang up the phone and go back to my job with an absolute earnestness that I was going to do the best I could there. So, in time later, that job actually did uh, come to an end, but under different circumstances, of course. And after that, there were other opportunities that opened up, which I was very grateful for. But in looking back, I'm not so sure if I had just simply run away from that first job if I would have seen the opportunities that literally did open up later on. 
So in talking to a practitioner again from this, she taught me a lesson that I'll never forget. She said, you know, God's love is with you everywhere you are. And if you simply run away from things, you don't get the benefit from that experience, which is very much needed. It's all part of growth and grace and growth and character. And when you have a situation like that, the thing that you need to do is to love your way out of it instead of running away from it. And I never forgot that. It stayed with me ever since and has given me a strength of character and has released a lot of fear and given me a lot of confidence in God good. So when difficult times do arise, and they do, I know that I have someone that I can lean on, and that is our Father, Mother, God, who is love. And therefore, that rules out fear, but also opens the way to a resolution for difficult circumstances. So this, to me, has been quite a valuable lesson I'm endlessly thankful for it and endlessly thankful for Christian science because I don't think I could have learned this lesson anywhere else. Thank you so much. Thank you. Luba, Luba from Ohio. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I feel everything comes about at the right or proper time. And finding this church came at the right time for me. I'm grateful to be here, and I'm very grateful to my practitioner who has made a significant difference in my life. Her work and her keeping me on a steady path with the truth has been a great blessing in my life. Also, I'm very grateful that the tornadoes that were being forecast all day here uh, into the evening in most parts of Ohio never materialized. Thank you so very much for tonight's reading and music, and I am grateful to be here this evening. Thank you. Nancy from Texas, go ahead, please. Thank you for the readings tonight. I'm grateful for so many blessings this year, but I'm especially grateful to be able to call upon a practitioner when there's a need that I have. Recently, one of my dogs became very ill. Naturally, I prayed for him every day, but he was not responding like he normally did. In fact, he was worse. I asked a Plainfield practitioner to give him Christian science treatment, to which she agreed. She told me to study an article by Martha Wilcox called The Word Made Flesh, available on the Plainfield website. What a wonderful explanation of how to see through the delusion called sickness. My little dog began to improve from a totally listless condition that same day, and he was his normal, happy self the next morning, and he still is. I'm thankful for Christ Jesus' tremendous work in establishing Christianity and for Mary Baker Eddy's unlocking Christianity's lost element of healing for all to take advantage of. I'm also grateful for this church and its practitioners. Thank you. Shardy, go ahead, please. 
Hello. I would like to offer my gratitude tonight for this church and all its functions, including the very powerful lesson servants that are written and made available to all. In the lesson this week, Reality, Light is mentioned several times, and also tonight in the wonderful readings, Light is mentioned. Christ Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and so it is. I have had a few experiences with the divine light that heals, and that is what I would like to share. My father passed away when I was in my late 20s. I was a busy young wife and mother, but I was quietly mourning. I missed him. One night, he came to me in a dream. He was wearing a white shirt that was glowing with bright light and a brilliance that's very hard to describe. He told me he was okay, and that was it. I was healed of sorrow. I don't remember ever crying again while doing laundry in the cellar. On another occasion, when I was around 13, I was standing by my bedroom window asking God for help because of something I had done. It was daytime, but a glowing light started on my left and went all around the room and came to my right. I felt peace and was healed. I know that this light is the truth of Christ. No matter what we're going through or what our circumstance may be, God is with us. Here at Plainfield, this truth is always evident, shared, taught, and lived. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Craig. I thank Fairly for those readings on Holy Spirit. I, and I thank Jared for the beautiful music that made me feel like I was praying. The uh, Holy Spirit, it's, it's such a real thing. And when, we, when I feel it, I know it. And I felt in this church many times. I want it and, and certainly need it. And uh, you certainly know it. And great things happen once you feel it. You know that God is working directly. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, I want to gratitude for healing that I had in my household. I had a healing of a near adult son that was very disagreeable. When asked to clean up and finish some chores, uh, he only did a small bit and then, <clears throat> and then went back to playing video games. When I confronted him, the resulting bitterness forced me to kick him out of the house until he cooled down. He said, you can't live here if you can act that way, basically. I asked a loving practitioner for support. I was told that uh, I did the right thing. He was 20 years old and he had a job, but I needed, he needed to be protected. 
was told he cannot be separated from the truth. My wife and I found the faith to trust truth and calmed us. The next day he called and asked to come home. We told him that we loved him and to please come home since our home has been better. And uh, I realized that I must protect him. If I were to personalize his bad behavior, it would damn this fellow. He needed to feel the love of God and to hear the truth. Otherwise, he would not even have wanted to return home. In John 10, it said, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. And I, I realize my role is to make sure that no man pluck him out of my father's hands. And it did. It gave me a new perspective and uh, even made it easier for me to be compassionate. I thank God for the our practitioners and practitioner here that helped me through this. Thank you. Thank you. Linda. Thank you very much for the readings and music tonight. I want to express my gratitude for the many lessons I'm learning about being in the rhythm with being in rhythm with God. Several years ago, I went to visit an acquaintance. I was invited to go to her house during the Christmas holidays. When I arrived, I found that she had another friend that was also visiting there, and I was getting to know her. One of the instructions I was given during that season by my Plainfield practitioner was to make sure that I was bringing the Christ with me wherever I went, and it should be a blessing wherever I go, and that I was to see each as a child of God, and to get my will out of the way and have a God-centered attitude. And it was, uh, I was very grateful for this, and it was giving me great peace. I had been in this house before, but this was, uh, first time I had this peace that went with me. And while I was there, uh, my friend asked if I would accompany her and her friend, who was wheelchair-bound, uh, to take this woman home in a van. She wanted some company. And we had a little bit of a discussion about when this best would, time would be. I believe at the time there was some severe storms that were being predicted, and we wanted to get her home in time. I was working at that, uh, slowly at the practice of turning uh, my will over to God and to have him direct each step. And during this planning, I suddenly felt a very strong intuition that we needed to leave right then. And I let them know that I could go with them, but they needed to leave then if they, needed, if they wanted me to go with them. And they did respond, and we did go, and it was a smooth trip. And we got her settled in her room at a facility but later, um, we found out that uh, we had just missed uh, the storm came uh, right when we got off that freeway sometime, and it flooded, and it backed up, and I believe at least an hour or so people were stuck on there. And so we're very grateful to have missed that. Um, but then also another thing we found out was that it was moments after we dropped off this woman that she suddenly had an um, emergency situation that required professional staff to care for her 
and it was a, a tremendous blessing that she was in this place when this happened. And so we were all greatly protected that day. And this uh, was one of the first uh, instances that I really learned the importance of listening to God rather than uh, having the habit I had, which was people-pleasing. At that time, the woman really didn't want to go home. She was kind of sad, but I did speak up. And instead of going along with the group or what was easier not to speak up, I did. And so I was very grateful because my practitioner had been teaching me patiently how to connect with God. And she was helping me unlearn the many habits that were getting in the way. I'm so grateful to what this church offers for our growth in a relationship to God. I'm so grateful to Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy for Christian Science. Thank you. Jeremy. I am very grateful tonight for how studying Christian Science here has helped me in all areas of my life. The teaching at this church, along with regular practitioner support, has meant so much to me these past years. I, I'm grateful this evening for how learning to listen with my spiritual sense has allowed me to recognize the voice of divine inspiration more and more each day. I often wake with a strong feeling to do something specific, or perhaps just have a revelation of some sort that brings me peace. And these angel messages continue through the day. Last week, the idea came for a way to write a program so so that it would automate a part of the process Linda and I used to set up the weekly lesson for the website and all the translated versions as well. I got to work, and it took a few hours, but now that it is done, we are saved at least 15 minutes per language per week. With all the languages we have, that's quite a chunk of time. I'm so grateful for Christian Science teaching me how to quiet my thought and really listen to what God has for me to do. It is amazing to me also because so much of it ends up being the kind of work I would have thought impossible for me to do before. And thinking of that, I was reminded of Matthew 19:26, where Christ Jesus said, quote, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. End quote. I am grateful that science makes me, gives me the ability to prove this to myself each day. I am deeply thankful for every blessing this church has brought to my life. Thank you. Thank you. Lil. Thank you for the wonderful readings and the beautiful music. God unfolded a wonderful plan for my coming to this church. Many years ago, my husband and I moved to California from New Jersey. There, I was introduced to Christian science and God through my husband's boss and wife. Our marriage didn't work out, so I got the thought to move back to New Jersey, driving with my two cats. I stopped in Denver for a year, then continued home to New Jersey, where I soon found a Christian science church. One of the members there was leaving to join this church and invited me to come along to visit. I attended one service and never left this church. The people and the atmosphere here were so great and I joined. 
It changed my life. I'm so grateful to Christ Jesus and Mrs. Eddy for this wonderful way of life. I thank God for bringing me here and for all his blessings and for practitioner help, which has been such a great support. I'm grateful for all the good since coming here and to be working for God. Thank you. Gary. Um, I'm grateful for all the lessons and uh, healings and growth I've been able to find by the study and practice of Christian science in this church. It seems like every day something, <laughs> something good happens. But uh, I was thinking recently about a really important lesson I learned, or started learning anyway, a few years ago. Um, there's a statement in our textbook that was uh, given to me by a Christian science practitioner a long time ago, and it has meant a lot to me ever since. And that statement is, and I quote, divine mind is the only cause or principle of existence. Cause does not exist in matter, in mortal mind, or in physical forms, end quote. Well, it was this practitioner in this church that helped me to see that this means, among other things, that whenever I have a need, whenever I'm facing a problem, the only place I can turn with confidence for the right answer is to God. See, when I first came to this church, I was, uh, I was kind of an analyzer. I was taught in school how to humanly analyze things. And when I came here, I thought that that was a good thing to do. So I did. <laughs> and uh, a lot of things turned out not so well as a result. But I thank God there was a practitioner in this church who uh, sat me down one day and explained to me that humanly analyzing things was not the correct skill. The correct skill is to learn to listen to that still small voice of God and obey it. And as I began to do that, I found that any kind of a problem that I have had that I've, where I've turned to God for help, I've found a good answer. Whether the problem was in my home, in my work, with my health, I've learned that I'm always blessed by turning to God for the answer. Whenever I've tried to rely on anything else for an answer, whether it be human opinions, expert opinions, medicine, anything else, I have not found a, a, a good and long-lasting answer. And that's because it's not there. That, as Christian science teaches, all right ideas come from God. Period. 
So I've learned, and I'm grateful to have learned, that it's really a waste of time. It's even dangerous not to ask God for the right answer to every problem we could ever face. I uh, could be more consistent in this, but I'm so grateful to know that that is what I need to do. And I get reminded about it periodically, and for that I'm grateful as well. So I'm grateful to Mrs. Eddy for giving us the truth, for explaining what Jesus did and taught, because he knew this, as our readings tonight clearly explained. Thank you, Fairley, for those fine readings. I'm grateful for every lesson that I have been learning in Christian science in this church. Thank you. Benjamin. Thank you. Yeah, I'm grateful to be here tonight as well. Um, as part of my job, um, I'm required to um, you know, get certain training and retrain, uh, get certified and recertified. <laughs> Recertified again every year, and um, one of these trainings um, was scheduled uh, last week, uh, um, Friday, uh, Wednesday, a week. It's been a week today, and um, the trainer who has trained me for this certification in the last three years. Um, uh, has been, um, I would say, an interesting individual. Um, he has no regard for anybody, and uh, he despises and looks down on other people that he is training. And it was very unchristian behavior, and it always troubled me that I had to sit down there and then um, watch him display this behavior. Uh, um, for six hours. So last week when I was, uh, when this train was coming up and then um, I was scheduled for it and the thought of this fellow came to me and it really started, I started to get trouble again how I was going to deal with him for another six, uh, six hours and what a waste of time it would be for me. Mm, it troubled me really for some time. I spoke to my wife about it as well. Then that's when I realized that um, the problem wasn't really him. And I think it was my thinking as well that the way I handle it will determine how the outcome will be. I have to apply and use what I have been taught in this church and uh, to see everybody as child of God. And most importantly, to know that every child of God is capable of doing good, to be a blessing to each other, because that's the only power that God gave us to 
to be a blessing to one another. That no child of God or another and um, one idea of God should cause any harm in any form to anybody, to another child of God. So I was holding this thought. So when I went over there, and my first uh, encounter with him, and he was back at it, and which really worked because that time it helped to remind me to stick to the thought that I had been working with, and um, I, I worked with that thought throughout the time I was work, I was going through this training, seeing him. Right, and everybody else that was there for the training, um, his behavior didn't change, he was just as he always be. But my thinking was what changed. I continued to see him as God made him, knowing that only good can come out of this training, knowing that he has no power other than the power given to him by God, and the only power that God gave him, gave him is to bless me. To bless everyone there, no other power than that. Even though he thought he has other power, but he doesn't. I know that very well that he doesn't, except the one that God gave him, which is to bless me. And I walk on this thought, continue to see him arrive, and knowing that he can only be a blessing to me. The six hours that was supposed to be, the worst six hours of my time, and another waste of my time, was a blessing to me. I was able to bless him, I think, and bless everyone who was part of that training. And I left that place filled with joy and fulfilled. Um, I never felt that way before, but this time was different. Why? Because I really used what God has given us here through Christian Science and through my study of it through the Plainfield Christian Science Church. I'm grateful for what God is doing in my life. I'm grateful that God brought me here. Thank you. Thank you. Florence from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you, Feli, for the beautiful readings tonight on the Holy Ghost. Very important. I have a testimony for, from New York. He says, Recently, we had two consecutive nights of rather vicious thunderstorms. The following evening, I noticed the wind was creating a moaning sound, even though it wasn't overly strong at the time. During the night, our dog was a bit restless, so I let her out, assuming that was what was needed. At this point, the wind was vehemently gusting and whipping the trees and leaves around. We went back to bed, but the dog wouldn't settle down. She was very agitated, whining and panting, which was extraordinary. It felt as though she was very concerned about the weather, so I took her downstairs to a spare bedroom, feeling a need for Christian science treatment. It came to me to read out loud the platform of Christian Science beginning on page 330 of Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by our leader, Mary Baker Eddy. By the time I got to the second point, our dog was asleep. And a couple of points later, stretched out on her side without a care in the world. 
Once I start with a platform, I have a rule that I have to finish reading it due to its power and my love for it. Halfway through, a gentle rain started to fall with distant thunder, nowhere near the bestiality of the previous two nights, and the dog never budged a whisker. Upon finishing the reading, I too went to sleep. The following day, we had a nice gentle rainfall. I checked the internet and was extremely grateful to see that there had been no tornadoes, floods, or reports of any sort of weather damage in the greater area. I am so grateful to our Father, Mother, God, for Christ Jesus, his many works, and his demonstration of stilling the tempest. Very grateful for Mary Baker Eddy's reinstatement of these great works and her teaching us how to put the science to practical use. I'm grateful to be here tonight. Mary. Church website bulletin board, uh, the first California. During this Sunday's roundtable, there was the sharing of a humor, humorous article called The Devil's Beatitudes. The first of the Devil's Beatitudes told how the devil was pleased not to have people attend church. After laughing, I decided this was the opening to share something I had read yesterday and now treasure a conversation with Mr. William Rathbone and Mrs. Eddy from the book We Knew Mary Baker Eddy. <clears throat> Mr. Rathbone asked, how can I best improve Sunday? And Mrs. Eddy's answer was, by realizing your spiritual identity. She then asked all of us, what is the scientific signification of Sunday? Various answers were given, none of which were wholly satisfactory. She then said, just what it says, a day of light and truth and love, the day of soul governing man. Is man spiritual? He is. Then let soul alone govern him. She called us back and then said, when you leave me, I often think of more because I am then nearer to God. She opened up to science and health on page 260. And then Mr. Rathbone asked again, or said again, how can I best serve you this day, Mother? And the answer was, by best serving God. And then England, thank you for this. I have read We Knew Mary Baker Eddy book series, but did not remember this conversation, but what an insight it gives. This has been a great inspiration to make Sundays more as they should be from now on. And then Virginia, thank you so much for sharing what you did from the round table and adding that wonderful exchange between William Rathbone and Mrs. Eddy. It made me go to my copy of We Knew Mary Baker Eddy in the third series to reread Joseph Mann's first healing in Christian science. It is found in some precious memories of Mary Baker Eddy on pages 28 to 37. It is so inspiring, telling of his being accidentally shot in the heart. The doctors concluded there 
that from excessive bleeding, both internally and externally, and the peculiar color of the blood, the ball had touched the heart and was probably lodged in the pericodium. This occurred in November 1886. He was given up by four doctors, eminent physicians, including a skillful, skillful surgeon, and was at the point of death. When Christian science was admitted, within 15 minutes, his body began to warm, his breath returned, and he became conscious. He later sat up in bed to eat. The second day he was up and dressed, and the third day up bright and early, as if nothing had happened. If this can happen to one of God's children, is not this possible for all? This inspired me so much many years ago that I have always wanted to live Christian science and share it with others. Thank God for this independent church which is teaching Mrs. Eddy's pure Christian science and sharing it with the world. And then this from Pennsylvania, just an excerpt. For a couple of days, we lost our internet. I mentioned this to someone who is a church member who saw that this was an attack on our church and my ability to reach the website. Shortly afterwards, the internet was restored. Boy, I sure missed the Plainfield audios and was so grateful for the quick restoration of service. Thank you for the wonderful audios and the whole church website. And this is a testimony from Arizona. The pain in my ribs came on suddenly and for no apparent reason. And indeed, there was no reason as God is in control and God certainly did not send this to me. Several days later, the pain in my ribs shifted to my side and then my back, causing me to spend most of my time in bed. It was a challenging time, as in the back of my mind, I couldn't help worrying about the possibility of the virus. God is the great physician and never loses a case. And that statement gave me immediate comfort and was reinforced by my studying of pages 390 to 393 in Science and Health by Mary Baker Eddy. I, th I then became a rebel, so to speak, and decided then and there that God indeed is in charge here and I wasn't going to put up with it. Long ago, I mesmerized, excuse me, I memorized the following verse and repeat it constantly when there seems to be dissension going on. And it is this from Science and Health. A spiritual idea cannot have a single element of error, and this truth removes properly whatever is offensive. This was definitely error trying to get my attention, and with wonderful help from the practitioner, it is gone. So grateful for Christian science and for all the help I received. Thank you. And then Australia, just an excerpt from an email. The Plainfield watching points are so wonderful. The divine inspiration at the back of them is absolutely apparent. Working with the 16th September watch on our website, a violent protest planned for a street near our home was curbed. This watching point was particularly helpful. It states, Mankind not only has the power and courage to withstand evil onslaughts, 
Through the power of God, it triumphs over them. I will do all that I can to be of service in the work of God. I love Plainfield members so much, and I thank you all very much for all that you do to teach Christian science as taught by our leader, Mary Baker Eddy. Christ's truth will prevail with great love. And then finally, this testimony from Missouri. During the recent Sunday Roundtable from September 12th, it was shared how a grateful heart and attitude attracts people into one's life who help advance one's path, spiritual growth, and or careers. I was prompted to recall a major turning point in my life that directly relates to this biblical rule of finance. It unfolded not long after I received my first copy of Mrs. Eddy's Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, the initial reading of which instantaneously healed me of smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, which had gone on for over ten years. The budding Christian science practitioner who gave me my first textbook as a result of her daughter offering it to me was incredibly patient and thoughtful in her answering of the many questions I had as I continued to read and study the textbook. And she taught me how to mark and study the weekly Bible lessons, which prompted many more questions. I was a full-time horse trainer and riding instructor at that time, and the practitioner's daughter was one of my new students. Not long after receiving the textbook, I had a severe fall from a horse that impacted my lower back, causing much pain, but I was healed within a few short days as the practitioner took me to her home and gave me Christian Science prayerful treatment, which was the first time in my life that I had opted for Christian Science treatment as opposed to going to a hospital. I spent that first night after the fall sitting in a padded rocking chair and listening to comforting Christian science hymns and the audio version of the textbook on cassette tapes throughout the night. Within two or three days, I was back at the stable teaching and lifting heavy jump poles and equipment without assistance. Other healings followed, including the healing of one of my most valuable sail horses, who had suffered torn shoulder muscles when he got loose and ran through a field of very deep mud. And that was the first time in my life that I opted for Christian science treatment for one of my four-legged children, as opposed to calling a veterinarian. My gratitude for everything I was learning about God's infinite love and unlimited healing power was overflowing as these healings were manifested in my experience, and I was in awe. As a, re as a result, I was led to give to the practitioner's daughter one of my beloved ponies, Jumpin' Jack Flash, <laughs> who I had been using to give lessons to children who didn't own their own horse or pony. This gift seemed very small in comparison to the entirely new life I was now leading. The immense joy that was coming to me through the study of Christian science. Not long thereafter, this family offered to put up the su substantial funds to purchase a boarding and training facility 
at which I was to be the manager and head trainer and instructor, and which provided me with a small home in which to live on the stable's premises. Over a period of years, I earned part ownership in the business, and then eventually I bought out the family's interest, at which time the gift of Jumpin' Jack Flash came back to me, and he remained as one of my best lesson ponies for years to come. I am so grateful to God for guiding every step in my careers over the year, even when I was ignorant and or blind to his loving promises being manifest in my life. I'm grateful for the roundtable conversations that benefit so many the world over each and every week. After the recent discussion, I typed up all the biblical rules of finance that I had gleaned from the lesson on substance. And I know that this list will continue to prove invaluable to me into the future forever. Thank you to all the lesson writers, to all the members of the Plainfield Church for their weekly sharing, and to God for leading me to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. Thank you, Fairly, so very much for those readings on the Holy Ghost. I'd often thought I'd like to write a lesson on the Holy Ghost, and you did it, gathering up all those statements both from the Bible and from Science and Health as to what it is, and here we know it to be divine science. Christ Jesus said that uh, the Comforter shall teach you all things and bringing all things into remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And isn't, isn't this what Christian science does? It teaches us all about Christ Jesus, all about the healing power of the Christ, as we have so beautifully heard tonight. And this wonderful teaching of the divine science that we're given in the textbook and in prose works and of course in the Bible. But there's also something within us that develops it and listens to it and causes us to grow and understand it more deeply if we listen to that still small voice. And tonight we heard testimony after testimony of those of you doing just that. So we have a wonderful gift in the Holy Ghost. We can thank God for it. I'm so grateful for the beautiful music, the beautiful hymns, the readings, the testimonies, and to feel all of your heartfelt love tonight. Thank you. To close our meeting, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 345. I'm going to read the third verse. So all shall see where thine effulgence gloweth, through purer lives of men, a countless host. So all shall learn how God himself bestoweth his priceless pearl of gift, the Holy Ghost. Hymn number 345.